Hey, what's up, guys? Evolutionary Podcast coming your way. Steve Smee along with Rick, and we're back for another episode, guys. We're steamrolling almost at 300 episodes. This time, we have a, a really awesome guest uh, to come on here. He's actually a forum member. He's calling. He just called in, and he's on Evolutionary Radio. So how you doing? Tiny Giant. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty well. How about you guys? Great, man. Appreciate you calling hey, in. Uh, yeah, so... So basically, start us off. Tell us a little bit. Tell us your stats, and then tell us, um, you know, how can we help you? All right, I'm 33 years old. I'm about 300 pounds. I just recently lost about 20 pounds, and I'm around 20% body fat. And I'm trying to. I started to diet, so I'm trying to figure out a good um, cycle to maintain my muscle. Um, I don't like to do the overboard doses, so as as little as possible, you know, with getting the good side effects. Yeah. So yeah. tell us, tell us a little bit about your history. How long have you been? So you lost that weight um, lately. Have you always been twenty percent body fat area or higher, or has this something been um, fell off the wagon? Oh no! In high school, um, I was really lean, um, uh, really skinny growing up, and then. Uh, probably about eight years ago, I started lifting uh, religiously, and then I was able to put on about 80 pounds. And so, and recently, um, over the past year or two years, I was able to put on more mass to where I've been around 300 pounds. Uh, but generally speaking, I've always been a really skinny person, so I did like a perma bulk. <laughs> so now I'm trying to get that uh, body fat off. Yeah, so this is actually really good that you called in because we see this a lot in the gym. We see guys who are skinny all their lives, and then they kind of just, like, get sick of being skinny, so they just go with the permaball thing. Lots of food, lots of steroids. They get big and strong, and then they get to the point eventually where they're like, you know what, this isn't what I actually wanted. I want to go back to being lean. So this kind of happens. So you kind of hit that peak in your, in your life. And then now you're the roller coaster is coming back down. So you're like, man, I need to change my priority. So how did you how did you lose that that thirty pounds? Did you just kind of cut out uh, junk food a little bit? I bought a uh, diet from. Can I mention names? Sure, sure, yeah. sure thing. Doesn't matter. Yeah, of course. Um, Mike Davies. I listened to the Rough Rogers uh, podcast, and I, I had him put me a diet together. So I've been following it. I haven't been following it hundred percent, but you know, decent enough to where I've lost 20 pounds in about three weeks, three to four weeks. That's good. Taking anything else with it or just, uh, just diet alone? Oh, just diet alone. I've been on TRT for a while. Um, to be honest, the, the way I gained most of my, uh, my size was just, uh, this one pro hormone stack and then the rest of it was just pretty much TRT with uh, very minimal doses of, uh, blasting throughout, uh, maybe like three blasts, 600 milligrams of test max and then i would um, occasionally throw in the uh, 20 milligrams of anavar or 20 milligrams of winstrol so my experience isn't you know like most others i try to get them you know do the least amount i can to get the best side of you know the best results yeah that's the way to do it i i advocate that too if you're going to do it just use the smallest amount you possibly can to, to get you there uh, don't don't overdo it because you're, you're wasting both money and time and, and putting your body through more than you really should when you can, I think anybody should be able to grow up between 500 to a gram a week. It's, it's about of combined stuff should be about all you need to make some good, good progress. You know, if you can't make progress on that and you've got some other issues. Yeah. That's about the max I've done was a gram total. Um, like I've tried DHB. I've tried NPP. Uh, the DHB didn't go very well. Uh, it left um, like baseball size knots. So I was, I would skip shots just because I didn't want to deal with that. And uh, yeah, DHB is um, nasty, nasty post injection pain. I've never used it, but um, it's it's notorious for that. So I, I kind of steer people away from that. How was it though? Was it harder on it? Yeah, I noticed uh, decent results. Uh, again, it would have probably been better if I, you know, was consistent with my shots. But it had EO and guac, and so those are pretty harsh. And my, I guess I don't do well with EO. And I guess now they make it without those harsh solvents. And I haven't tried that yet. Some of this UG stuff out there is kind of hit or miss. Sometimes it'll be good. Sometimes it won't be so good. Uh, you're getting right. uh, TRT from the doc, though, right? That's, that's human-grade legal. Yeah, yeah. 
That's good I stuff. I get a yeah. uh, blood work every six months. So my blood work's in check. So all that's good to go. Yeah, I, t- I tell everybody that, that can't to get started there. Get your TRT because that, that good human grade test that you're going to get, um, you're getting exactly what you're paying for. You know, you don't always get that when you go underground for sure. Yeah, I started TRT pretty young, around 25. I, would, I think that's about when I started. Uh, I had low, my test levels were under 200, and my uh, free testosterone didn't even register. We see this trend a lot actually now, and, and a lot of it has to do with the environment environmental factors a lot of it has to do with soil depletion a lot has to do because when you have soil depletion you're consuming foods that are non organic you're not getting that boron you're not getting that zinc anymore in the system so your testosterone levels just genetic situations too can, can cause that as well it happens yeah we um yeah i went through most of the standard procedures to check and make sure like the uh, uh my adrenal glands were okay my pituitary gland was all right which that leads into my second question, but um, yeah, I guess so, my first. So one let's get started on. with your first one. Yeah, where, where, where are we going? Um, well, like I said, I try to do as least as much, the least amount as possible to uh, to get the benefits from it. So I was, I've been wanting to try Deca and EQ, and I can't make up my mind. And I and I was thinking about not doing testosterone at all because I know I listened to the show. I've been going back and listening to it. You guys mentioned uh, you don't even really need testosterone, so I was kind of wanting maybe an idea on that. Well, Steve and I, I think defer on that. I, I like testosterone, especially just the fact that you're getting it human grade legal test. I think you should always start off with that in my opinion. Um, and then, okay. uh, then, then add anything else on you want out of the EQ and the DECA. I'd go with the EQ, man. I'd go with the EQ. Definitely. I like EQ a lot. It, it's the only other steroid that I've, continue to use when I stopped using everything else. I would only use now you only use human grade test and a little bit of a vet grade EQ here and there. And I really enjoy EQ because it gave me great, great results. And at his worst, all I got was a little bit of back acne from it. It's, it's really, really nice. So I, I tell you, I think you should go test an EQ. I think it's a great stack. Uh, what doses would you recommend? What do you, how much were you taking? I'll refresh my mind of a TRT now. What is your TRT now? Uh, 200 milligrams a week. Two a week. So just throw that, toss that out the window and do a, put, put in another 300, three to 500 of tests a week. And then I would, I would jump up and do about 750 total if you're going to do a real cycle and just do between 500 to 700 total between those two. But I would do about total 500 tests a week and total probably 400 um, a week of EQ. That'll be your 200 a week of tests that you're getting now already anyway plus a little bit added on. I wouldn't, since you've been doing it for so long, I wouldn't even count those 200 towards anything. You, you start fresh at a thousand, you know, zero to a thousand from there, in my opinion. Okay, yeah, I never thought about doing it that way. That's actually a pretty good idea. Yeah, because you're already, I mean, you're, if you weren't doing that, your body would be giving you about 200 and change a week naturally anyway. But been on TRT so right. long, it's hard. This is, you know, that, that's your baseline. So um, I, w- I would start from there. Yeah, I would, I would do another three to 500 more tests from there. And I would do twice the tests as I, w- as I would the EQ. That's just kind of like a ratio that I like to run. But I don't know. But what, is, uh, what does Steve uh, have in mind? Well, you're already on the TRT. So I would just use that as your little androgen. And I agree with, I agree with Rick. I mean, the EQ would be beautiful for you because, you know, you can, the EQ is a nice mild steroid. It's not going to cause the side effects, okay, of other steroids. And then also, if you keep the test at your TRT dose, you don't have to worry about the estrogen increase because you're already a big guy. So why put that much more strain on your heart? So I'd keep the test low and I'd let the EQ kind of work its magic. But I I think you should take advantage of the EQ more and kind of get moving a little bit more and kind of like change your goals a little bit from being just a big guy in the gym who, who lifts heavy to, to start doing other, some more active things like, you know, more cardio. Some what kind of cardio activities like do you do besides just gym cardio? Do you have any thing you like doing? I have, I have zero. I'm supposed to be doing some, but I don't do that. I need to. Yeah. That, that's one of the first things you want to take up just as a lifestyle. You want to have a, an entertaining activity that burns a ton of calories, especially us guys. Once we get, above you know three five forty you got to have some sort of activity or two or three activities that get your heart rate up and um 
you know, and, and are enjoyable because that's going to be a, a better way for you to ha- long term stay more motivated about your your goals and staying in, into into the thing. Because if you're only grinding out the the cardio at the gym, it'll over time it'll just be harder to keep up because it won't be as interesting all the time anymore. I was gonna say, let me just My suggest problem. this because you're a big guy. <laughs> let me suggest this for you because the problem. Yeah. With you running, and I see this a lot, because I used to be a competitive runner, bigger guys, you're going to have a really hard time running, man, because that's going to be a lot of stress on your, on your body, on your joints and stuff. So this is what I recommend for you. Like, this is a really fun way to kind of exercise. Bicycling outdoors is a really fun option for you, especially if you have, like, a lot of hills around your area. Up and down hills and stuff on a bicycle is really gen- a lot less stress on your joints and stuff as a big guy then and it would be running also if you want to run try to run like on uh, hills go up run up hills because that will really get your heart rate up quick and you don't have to go out there and run for like 30 minutes or an hour you can just do go up and down hills for like 10 minutes and you get a great cardio workout for that as a big guy and that will kind of you know since you don't like to do cardio and a lot of people don't that actually is something fun that you could do and it would kind of knock knock that out you know um lot easier yeah running is pretty hard on my joints oh yeah I forgot, i'm six six by the way so i forgot to mention that that yeah. might make the the 300 pounds the joints correct yeah yeah when, when i yeah. when i try to run it's on gravel and it usually tears up my knees bike riding I man get a little uh, a little mountain bike bike riding four or five hundred bucks it'll be the best investment you've ever made it's yeah i'll just, do that my wife's been trying to get me to do that anyway so yeah, I mean, it's, it'll just be, it's fun. It, it won't, you know, won't hurt your joints any. You'll, you'll be able to get a, a good, uh, good workout in. Only thing to look out for with bike riding is you want to make sure you get used to uh, riding a bit on an empty stomach. You don't want to be these guys that pound a bunch of carbs when you get on the bike. Because then when you get off that bike, you'll be hungry as all hell. So in order oh, to, okay. yeah, to not come off hungry off the bike, don't, no sweet drinks, no, no sugars before you get on there. You want to, you want to try to ride with, uh, you know, with what you know what you got in your liver basically is what i do because uh otherwise if i pound the calories to get on the bike dude get so hungry man that's why a lot of bike riders don't don't do well losing weight if they don't watch their diet all right and swimming yeah. too don't forget swimming swimming you gotta option. take something up because you're gonna have a hard time uh, uh keeping this up and staying long term because everybody does a, a program everybody has a, a they want to get from point a to point b but you really want to adopt the lifestyle changes along the way. And that'll, that'll keep you long-term, you know, that's the, the goal is the goal stay with it. Let not this be something you have to keep doing over and over again. You get out of shape, come back on, get out of shape, come back on. You see? Right. Yeah. The goal is once I, once I get some of this body fat off, I'm going to maintain that. Plus I need to do something anyways for heart health. So it's all works together. You said you did a diet that brought you down this much. Uh, tell us a little bit about that diet. What, what does it look like? Um, it's six egg whites in the morning with, uh, three tablespoons of, uh, cream of rice. And then, um, my second meal is seven ounces of, um, fish with, I can't remember that one. Oh. You're on this diet now. You're, you're, you're currently on it, correct? Yeah, I can't remember. It's, uh... Uh, this is the one where you, you got with a trainer and you paid for this diet for this program for yourself. Yeah, yeah, this is what I'm currently doing. And it's um, three tablespoons of cream of rice. Uh, second meal is seven ounces of fish with 12 asparagus spears. Um, meal three is five ounces of tuna with three-fourths cups of diced celery. I do not do that. Um, half a cup of avocado. Meal four is four ounces of flint, two ounces of chicken. And then meal five is eight ounces of chicken with one cup of rice and eight more asparagus spears. And the final meal is three ounces of tuna with two egg whites and half a cup of avocado. Okay, so that's, that's six meals, right? You haven't? Yeah, yeah. Well, hit and miss. I'm not very good at meal prepping yet, so I'm still trying to get that down. Cooking food and then, you know, making sure you're cycling your calories in any way on that diet. Do you cycle your calories in any way on that diet, or, or are you on the same cal- calorie intake every day? Uh, well, I guess I don't hit all the meals perfectly, so I guess that would be my uh, calorie cycling because uh, I do not get all that in 
every day. Okay. Okay. Now, are you not hungry in between meals? I mean, is, are you are you feeling good in between meals? And that's why you're not eating at all? Or do you not like some of the foods? Um, well, I haven't figured out how to cook the Brussels sprouts yet. And, um, okay. and being able to uh, meal prep and hold the food. And then it tastes good when I, um, when I heat it back up is usually the issue. Okay. But no, when I, when I follow it pretty well, no, I'm not really that hungry because it's not food in between. But if I miss a meal, then yeah, I get really hungry. And then if I want to go binge somewhere. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, uh, it's an, I mean, it's a pretty standard uh, kind of six meal a day diet. Pretty clean. It's, not, it's not bad. I mean, if, and, and if you've got a lot of weight to lose, um, almost any diet will work. You know, I've, I've, right. I've people that had a lot of weight to lose and I just said, Hey, just, just cut the sugars out. Don't just drink water. Don't have any sugar in your coffee. Don't have anything that alone can make a big difference. So definitely if you've got a lot of weight to lose, uh, uh, you know, the six meal a day, um, the way you're doing the clean eating, I mean, it's going to work for, for almost everybody out there. Yeah. I just gotta get better. Uh, to answer your first question, you know, and what we'll take on the second one, I would, because we're going back and forth a little bit, I would say, man, test an EQ. Uh, I don't, I wouldn't, I suggest you don't mess with the deck. That's no, no need. Um, test an EQ will get you there. And you just make up everything else with just good diet and training. You're not, I don't, you don't need, okay. in my opinion, you don't need to mess with trambolone. You don't, you don't need to take three or four or five different steroids you know at its core all we're trying to do is really two things at its core really most of us right it's just lose body fat and gain muscle mass that's it so there's no need to to add on four or five compounds to just achieve two small things if you just just have more testosterone some eq strict diet you know continue the diet that's working for you now once this diet your body gets maybe used to it and doesn't work as well or you have or you get closer to um in the teens body fat then you might need to make some tweaks to the diet but for now man diet training you know stay stay with it and uh i wouldn't do anything else man just test an eq you're going to be fine all right um when you took eq did you have any blood like blood thickness issues i know that's the main thing with this one you know they uh it it does it does raise your your uh, red blood cell count but it caused me no issues and pretty much every every guy on steroids has their, their blood cell count through the roof. I mean, it, it just comes with the territory. I've never had any issues with it at all. If anything, it gave me, uh, um, gave me more endurance, I felt like, uh, for cardio training. But, you know, this is why you cycle off all, all this stuff. You, you do it for a little while, uh, you know, a couple months, three months, and then you, you come off of it. Uh, test, your body can handle test life, lifelong. It's, it's meant to. But things like, like EQ and any other steroid that, that nature didn't create, but we did in a lab, you'd want to just cycle in and out of, you don't, you don't want to stay on for too long. Right. I have an, another question that tags onto this one kind of, sure. I have some sure. T-ball laying around. Sure. Um, what do you guys recommend uh, not do that at all, or just throw it in there just to see how I react to it? Well, it's good stuff. If you yeah. already have it, if you already have it, dude, you know? Okay. That's yeah. what I was thinking. The first four or five weeks, you can you can you can use it because the EQ has a long ester attached to it, and it's going to take about four or five six weeks for that EQ to hit peak. Even though it starts working right away, but it still takes four or five six weeks to hit its peak. So the T bowl can be your little kickstart, and it's just keep it at twenty milligrams a day, thirty milligrams a day. You don't need to go higher than that. And it'll yeah, give you a nice little pretty common. It's pretty common to use just something to kickstart. What Steve said is absolutely right. Just use it for a couple of weeks, two three weeks at the start, and and you're good. Okay, cool. That's what I was thinking, 20 milligrams. Um, See, your situation is a, the- a little different because you're not looking up to do a PCT to do a post-cycle therapy because you're on TRT. So you can right. get creative with that, with that T-ball dose, and, and you can do a, a couple, two, three weeks at the start of the cycle. And then even at the end, when you're coming off of the stuff, do a couple more weeks there at the end. You gave your liver a break. And you can, uh, you know, you can finish up your table if you got some more left. Since you're not going into PCT, it really doesn't doesn't matter to add some more at the end. All right. Um, all right. I guess my next question. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah sure. Hit it up. Okay. Um, I had my uh, doctor run a bunch of tests, and prolactin was one of those. Uh, it came up pretty high. It was thirty-four point four. Um, NG 
uh, slash ML, and the range is 4 to 15.2. He gave me some caber. I ran the normal dose for, I think it was four weeks, uh, 0.5 split into two doses a week. And um, I went back about a month later, and it was 20.2. It's still in the high range. You know what could cause that? Um, I, will, I believe I did RAD 140, and I came off of that for some time. And then I had this done. So I was pretty much just on TRT for quite a while, minus the RAD 140. And and when was the last time you had another, uh, you had a test with a test for prolactin and it was in normal range? Do you remember how long ago that was? How how long in between between tests? I've never had this ran before. So I had it ran in January, on January 23rd, and it came up to 34. And then I had it ran on February 4th, and it came up as 20.2. After and then on taking- April 20th, oh, no, just TRT. And then okay. um, on April 20th, it was still 22.9. And I was definitely on TRT then. So okay, I didn't so, know if there was like So this is three anything. tests. I'm, I'm sorry. Let, 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 let me follow this. This is three tests, correct? And, uh, yeah. In- when did you use the burger line? I did RAD 140, and I, it was before the first initial test, but I'm pretty sure I had like three to four weeks after I was off of that before I took this test. Hmm. So end of December or during December, I had RAD 140, which I, from what I read, it shouldn't affect any of that. No, uh, there's there's a lot of different reasons why your, your prolactin could be, could be off. And I've known a couple of friends. I have a close friend of mine that who's had prolactin issues his whole life. And uh, they're, they're, different there are a lot of different reasons you have to kind of start going off of just your test and keep testing and see if where your levels are at but i mean i, I hate to even mention it but stuff like even a, a brain tumor could cause you to have uh prolactin levels. i had that uh, yeah. yeah i had um my did you have your pituitary uh, did they check your pituitary glands for a tumor yeah yeah i had a i had a ct scan done after the initial testing and that came back clear good, so it's not good. that Okay, definitely. Well, you, you definitely are on, you know, have experimented and, and messed with, with the sauce, with the juice. And there are some folks who might have side effects from it later, later down the line. Now, it's hard to say. I would say keep, keep testing every, every two, three months, stay on the K-Berg and, and get your body fat lowered as well. You know, the higher body fat, if you're prone to it, you're most likely going to have issues with prolactin as well. So as we watch your body fat uh, calm down, um, we'll, we'll see if also your, your test get, get straightened out. Have you had any, here's the other question, have you had any side effects from it, from, from prolactin? Or, I mean, is it affecting your day-to-day life or is it just a number on a paper at this point? Um, from what I could tell, it kind of makes you um, lethargic. Um, as far as, that's the only side effect I can tell. Um, and that could be many other things that may not even be related to this. Androgens can make so, you like that. If you hit the source, yeah. it can make you lethargic as well. Your, your, yeah, I've your been prolactin, on TRT for quite a while. Your prolactin levels, if it's in the low 20s, I would, I, as long as there's no pituitary tumor going on, there's no tumors, and you're clear of that, I wouldn't even pay any attention. Because what happens is, you know, if prolactin levels are sky high for a long period of time, the main issue you have is lactating nipples. Like we see that with guys who abuse trend for like a year straight. But in your case, as long as you're not having lactating nipples, it really isn't that big a deal. So I wouldn't worry about it too much. Just keep an eye on that for, for litter. But prolactin levels do fluctuate. So you could be in range some of the day and then some of the day be out of range. We don't know that because you're not oh, okay. testing yourself so many times. So, and it's, it's interesting because we know dopamine and prolactin are inverse. So your dopamine levels could go down, be lower, and that's what you're describing when you say low energy. That could be affecting your energy. Your dopamine levels are down. So that's why you take the caber. The caber will raise your dopamine levels and drop your prolactin. So that's why the doctor puts you in right. the caber. But he's covering up something. So I agree with Rick. Get your lifestyle in check. Um, get healthier. Get your body fat down. And you'll be surprised how everything ends up balancing itself out when you do that this is one to keep up with you already um you already got the the pituitary issue out of the way you know you'll be fine there it doesn't seem like it's it's affecting day day life that much i mean how long have you felt lethargic for is this just something you realize after you read the list of symptoms or is this something you've been thinking about for a minute 
Uh, it's for a while, but uh, it could be because my job's kind of boring. So, <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, yeah I want to keep I, up with and, and, and keep it, keep an eye on uh, because it, it they will fluctuate. Um, also, we'll see how, how what it looks like once your your body fat levels are are lower, which is you know it's important. Okay, yeah, I only took the uh, caber for the one month. That's that's pretty expensive. So um, it's maintained the twenty the low twenties on its own. It seems like. Yeah, when we see with this with doctors a lot, they try to like cover up the issue instead of fixing the root cause. So throwing caber at the issue is not going to fix it. It's just going to cover it up. So if you don't see right. a difference in your energy levels and stuff, then we can kind of deduce that the lack of energy is other things. So once you, like you said, once you get your body fat down, once you get healthier, you start exercising more, you know, you'll start feeling better. And we'll trans, you know, you transition. What we talked about earlier about the diet you're on. One of the ways you can break through your floor is kind of reducing the meal frequency during the day. Instead of six meals spread out, that's the diabetes type two diabetes diet that that you know a lot of people love to you know charge people for. Well, that's you know that's what diabetes diabetics have to do because they have to balance their blood sugar all day. You're not a type two diabetic. I'm assuming. What was your right? body fat percentage about right now? You said you say when you said. I would say, it's, I would say it's probably around twenty percent. Um, I haven't done the calcul or the um, calculation in a while, so I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. But I'm not gonna get myself below twenty percent. You know, <laughs> your glucose levels are are normal though, right? Yeah, all, my A1C is all right. Um, all my okay. blood work is all right. Um, my estrogen is a little high. I wrote that down when I had the prolactin levels done. My uh, t test serum was 878. My free test was 46. And my estradiol sensitive was 65.8. You know, um, if your body fat percentage is, you know, 19, 20%, 21, 22, no medication, nothing should be done with anything on those tests until you get your body fat percentage down. Because there's a lot of stuff that, that starts happening with your hormones and everybody's body will, will react differently. Uh, once you get above 19, 20, 21% body fat. So I think even before you take anything on that test serious, you got to get below, you know, around 15% is, is where, you know, most, most guys should, should try to sit at, you know, not, not go above that. So once you get down, you'll definitely, you're going to see those prolactin levels drop as you get your body fat lower for sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I your, to your, total your total testosterone is where? Uh, A78. Seventy-eight. Hi, he's up there. Okay. Okay. So here, here's here's my suggestion here, and this is something that you're gonna have to talk to your doctor about. Your your estrogen is high. Okay, it's way too high. It's at sixty-five. Okay, that that needs to be down below thirty-five. Okay. How do we get your estrogen down? Now your doctor is probably gonna be like, oh yeah, take an AI, take an aromatase inhibitor for that, because you're probably not on one right now, correct? No, yeah, actually, he wouldn't prescribe me one. Okay, so here's the funny thing. He won't prescribe you an AI, but he's giving you too much testosterone. You're, the reason your estrogen levels are high is because that testosterone is aromatizing into estrogen. So I see this a lot with people. So what I would suggest is you drop your TRT dose lower, okay? That's going to be crucial to helping you balance everything out because your estrogen levels are too high because you're taking too much testosterone. Now... Some doctors if, will be like, if he's going to cycle, he's got to add an AI for the cycle for sure. Yeah, if he's going to increase his testosterone, but I'm saying for his TRT dosage, that's a red flag that you're running too much TRT. And that could be this causing your pituitary glands. Obviously, pituitary glands are shut down, okay? So they're going to be shut down. So that's actually worse than your benefit So in case you do have a tumor. But what I want you to do is be your own doctor for a second and think about this because your estrogen levels are twice where they should be. I would drop your TRT dose to about 150 a week and get your, okay. so your estrogen levels get into those because what's going to happen long-term is you're going to open yourself up to problems. You're going to open yourself up to prostate enlargement, losing your head hair, heart disease, all kinds of stuff because you're running too much TRT. And we see this a lot with doctors because they want their patients to be happy. So that's something for you to look into because- Are, are you getting the shot at the doctor or do you take the stuff home? 
uh, take, the, take the stuff home. Actually, I've pretty much been my doctor. All these uh, tests that I've asked for are on my own, my own asking. And then he actually wanted me to do 300 milligrams every other week. But I, you know, you I know, take it home. I'm not, I'm not telling you to do this, right? But I've, I've had a couple of clients that do. They'll, they'll run a, a lower TRT dose because, yeah, you don't want to be on a high dose permanently. It's, it's like Steve said, it's not, not, not a good idea. They'll run a lower dose, and since they get a take home, then they'll, they'll run a cycle a couple times a year um, with the overage. You know, it's, I'm not, I can't suggest you do that, obviously. But I have known people that do that. They'll take they'll take that higher one, and then they'll just run a, a mild with a natural test booster or something along along the way, a really mild TRT dose, and then they'll just use the the, the additional source for a cycle. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I would suggest just getting getting your TRT level down where your estrogen is in line. That will be the indicator because there's no difference between being at 500 total testosterone. And being at 850 total testosterone, in terms of what when, when, when it's all the time, when it, when it's all the time, your body will get used to it. Not not when it's all of the time. Yeah, I mean, right, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely yeah. give that a shot. Yeah, because think about your prostate health long term. If you're running too much TRT, it's just going to cause your prostate to get enlarged. You're going to start urinating frequently. You're going to have open yourself up to prostate cancer as you get older. So you got to think of your long term here, and really 200 milligrams. For most people, it's too high of a TRT dose anyway. Most guys are going to be somewhere between 125 and 150. So it's you got to be your own doctor. You keeping your gains, by the way. You keep a clean lifestyle, keep training hard. It won't affect uh, you keeping your gains because you're still getting enough. All right. Yeah, that's, that's my issue with my dieting. I always feel like I'm deflating, so then I go binge, and then I inflate back up. So that's why I struggle with the diet. Yeah, you you've got to. You can't you can't look in the mirror and worry about that. And let that make, let that make your decisions day to day on your program. You got to have a program and stick to it, no matter what you think you look like on a day to day basis. Um, Steve, you mentioned the uh, the six mils. Uh, should I combine some of those mills and make them less frequent? Well, well, let me let me tell you this now. Um, I don't believe in the six meal a day uh, program at all. I believe in time restricted feeding, where you're only eating about four to maybe six hours. A, in a six hour window out of the day, because I don't think it's, it's, you, you want to have energy in your body every day. It's called time restricted eating or intermittent fasting. If you maybe skip a couple of days where you just have uh, water and don't have any calories. So it, this is working for you now. So this is why I've made no suggestions to change anything drastically because it seems it's working for you now and you're happy with it. So I'm not, I'm not going to tell you to change, but as it gets harder for you to lose the weight on this program, I think eventually you're going to want to move to a time-restricted eating. Now, you can still have this, all, those, all those six meals you're having anyway. The difference is you would maybe have your first meal between 3 to 4 p.m. and you would have your sixth meal at about 6 to maybe 9. I mean, I'm sorry, at about 8 to maybe 9 p.m. at the latest. And uh, you could still okay. get the same amount of calories in. You just uh, crunch them in a smaller in a smaller time window so that you give your body a, a nice long period of the day, every day, that it's not being bombarded with insulin. And um, so that's my belief for, for just being healthy and long-term. But what you're doing right now, it's working. You, you got with a coach. You discussed it. You, you, know, you invested some funds into it. I suggest you, you, keep, going, you keep going with it. And then maybe uh, start researching um, time-restricted feeding and intermittent fasting. I'm not the guy who invented this. This is There's a lot of people that um, proposed a fasting for weight loss and, and other reasons, religious reasons. People have fasted for religious reasons for ages. So um, it's something for, that I would research if, you know, in your case. And once you start to, to see this diet slow down on the progress a little bit, which most diets do, when, once you get down below, you know, around 15% body fat gets tougher, then you can look into the, into the time-restricted feeding. And what I like about time-restricted feeding is that it's something you can do long-term. It becomes a lifestyle quickly because you don't feel hungry anymore. When you wake out of bed, you can have some water, some black coffee, some green tea, no sugars, and go about your day and you're, you're not hungry, you're not lightheaded, you know, noon, two or three rolls around and you're, you're still not hungry, you're not lightheaded, your body's working on, on stored fuel. And it's not until, it's not until you, you smell the food and you put it in your mouth that you actually get, get hungry and, and want to devour stuff. So you're not suffering all day 
And as long as you can maintain it, it becomes a lifestyle and then you'll never have to worry about your weight or you'll never have to worry about getting too far out of shape unless you, you really abandon the lifestyle because it's so easy to keep up because you're just not hungry. You're, you're just not food and food preparation and eating just doesn't become that much of a, of a concern in, in your head. You're, you're not worried about eating until three or four. It really frees up your morning for a lot of other things, your afternoon as well for a lot of other stuff. Yeah, it'd make it easier to eat during work. That's the biggest problem, trying to get those meals in during work. Do you, um, do you wait until after you're done lifting to eat your first meal, or do you eat your first meal before you hit the gym? I do all my cardio in the morning, fasted. Um, then I don't eat any calories even after my cardio. And then I'll, I'll actually eat my first meal just uh, a couple hours before I hit the gym. I hit the gym in the afternoon when the sun is down. I mean, oh, okay. I can't remember the last time I was in the gym when the sun was out. You know, if I'm going to go indoors is because, uh, you know, the, the sun is down. So I'm at the gym at sundown. I've already had a, a few meals by then. So I do, do my cardio my, to keep my heart healthy and, and, you know, keep myself lean in the morning, fasted. And then I don't eat until, uh, until the afternoon. Now, when I'm in the gym, I've got calories and protein and just good stuff coursing through my system by then. Well, let me, let me uh, jump in here. What time of the day do you work out? So let's, let's kind of mold it to what you do. So what part of the day are you working out? Do you, because most people work out either before work or after work. So when do you usually do it? After work, it's usually around 4.30 um, p.m. Okay, so – if you were to, you know, when you decide to, to switch over to this restricted feeding schedule, the most optimal way to do it would be to fast all day until 4.30, work out, and then eat after. But that's so late in the day. So I would tell you to eat maybe middle of the day, like maybe 1 o'clock, and then you work out at 4.30, then after 4.30, don't be in a rush to eat. That's your, you're in that window, right? So then eat in that window. So stick to a four or six hour window every day. So maybe your what first meal you at one or two o'clock. Go ahead, Rick, what did you say? What time do you usually sleep by? Uh, usually around uh, 11, 11 p.m. There you go. So then your, your last uh, food is around 8.30, 9-ish. Okay. Yeah, I might give See, that a shot because my problem if you can is cram it down. Getting, if you can cram it down to eat between five and, and nine, you dude, you'll be fine. You can eat the same amount of calories, bro. Let me ask. Let right, me yeah, ask I'll you give this. that a shot. Are you are you hungry the first part of the day? Because you wake up, you go to work and stuff. Are you hungry during during the day? Yeah, but I think that's just because I created that habit. So I'm right, so you're wanting, eating out um, of habit. You're not eating because you actually need food. See, that's the difference. Like if you see the nature channel, you see a gazelle next to a lion drinking water. And you always ask yourself, why doesn't that lion eat the gazelle? It's because the lion isn't hungry. The lion is going to eat when he's hungry. He's not going to just eat because it's a habit to eat the gazelle. You see what I'm saying? So in nature, every animal on earth eats when they're hungry. They don't just eat because it's, it's a habit or because you're going out to lunch with your buddies from work. So if you can, if you can, you know, somehow do that, like fast and then work out and then eat, that would be, that would be wonderful. And eating that little four hour window, like what Rick was saying, and then just eat, man. You don't have to worry about counting calories or counting macros or any of that bullshit. That's, that's the, the big secret. You want to eat clean, of course. You, you want to eat clean, yes, of course. You, do. you don't want to have cake. And clean food. You can maybe difference? once in a while, but not every day. There's a difference between right. a, a fucking avocado and uh, a sweet potato and fruit and a steak, clean foods like that, and eating pizza and Pepsi and that type of garbage, even though they're the same calories, okay? One food sends your insulin levels sky high, and one food sends your insulin levels only a little bit high, and then it comes back down. You see what I'm saying? The body reacts differently to foods. Your hormones react differently to foods. Your metabolism reacts differently for foods. So don't get it. Don't even worry about like counting calories. As long as you're eating clean, okay, and making your own food. Restaurant food is dirty. They put in hydrogenated oil. They put in salts. Uh, sugars to make the food tasty. Not that salt, there's anything necessarily wrong with salt, but they put it in there to make it tasty so you keep coming back, you get addicted to their food. 
But if you cook your own food and make your own meals, you can put what you want in the food instead of, you know, eating what the restaurants put, all the oils and all the crap that the restaurants put. So it's about eating clean. It's about restricting, you know, the time of the day you're eating. And then you can throw in a 24-hour fast here and there, maybe every couple of weeks. Throw in a 24-hour fast where you don't eat anything all day. I just want to throw something in, and I hate to, to interject, but look, um, the fasting, once you get on with it and you start doing two and three and four-day water fasts, you're going to notice a big change in your joints, how your joints feel, and you're going to, and it's definitely going to give you much better results in your blood test going forward. I believe that it heals a lot more in the body than just looking good, but I don't, um, you know, I don't go around saying that to people to get everybody's um, hopes up. You know, I don't have a book to sell or seminars or anything. This is just a lifestyle that I tell people should adopt. And there's a ton of other people out there, YouTube, Google, that can explain it much better than I can and can give you a lot more information about it than I, I ever do on this podcast. But you're going to see a lot of health benefits on your joints, not just from the weight loss, but just not having your, your body bombarded with insulin all day. It, it allows for certain things to heal faster than uh, they normally would when you're feeding all day. And, uh, and also your, um, your levels. Um, one of my buddies actually uh, had his, uh, his prolactin levels uh, normalized after taking up the lifestyle and after, after becoming, you know, a time restricted uh, feeder and, a, and an intermittent fasting guy. It, it just helps everybody that, that gets onto it uh, across the board. It helps them out. And like I said, I, I talk about it on, the, on this podcast. I tell everybody that I run across that needs help about it. I don't have a book. I don't have a, a channel about it. I don't do, I don't monetize from the diet at all. If anything, uh, I have a, a supplement company. I sell, I sell nutritional items. Um, and I'm telling folks now, like, look, you don't need to take, take any diet aids. You don't need to take any appetite suppressants or anything from me. Just get on this, on this program. And once you're below 15, 14, 10% body fat, and you want to, you want to get down more, then you could maybe pick up some items from me that could help. But just the lifestyle, man, the lifestyle helps uh, everybody along the way. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you're going to, your joints and your uh, prolactin, definitely you're going to see improvements in those, both of those areas with this lifestyle. Yeah, I'll probably give it, I'll give that a shot. I'll, because it'll be easier for my diet plan that I'm using now to get it all in real quick, four to six hours instead of trying to plan it out throughout the day. Plus, I have some stomach issues that I've heard that stuff really helps with too. So, oh yeah, because and you might find yeah. that you're not that you can't get all those calories in. You might find that you're full by eight or nine, and you just don't want all that food. And then the next day, you wake up and you're you're satiated. You're fine. You don't feel hungry the next day in the morning. You're, you're good. You might find that your your body can actually perform real well on on uh, fewer calories. But I suggest just eat eat until your heart's content. You know, eat try to eat your six meals in that time span of those four, four or five hours, and you're going to see a huge difference in the way you look. Okay. So, so- Great. So you mentioned your gut health. What happens is when you're not eating, that gives your stomach a chance, your, your digestive system a break. So make, so that's why it's going to help you a lot. Because if you're throwing food at your stomach every two hours throughout the day, that your stomach and your body has to process that food, you see? So if you give it a break, that's why I'm saying like, if you just go the whole day without eating, just eat in that four hour window, and then maybe do a 24 hour fast every now and then, maybe a 36 hour fast, maybe a 48 hour fast here and there. And that will give your digestive system a break. And um, like I do my prolonged fast, my bowel movements slow down tremendously, obviously, because I'm not bringing in food. So that's giving my digestive system, my intestines, everything a break, my stomach. And, and that gives it a chance to repair itself. So it, it really is something that even if you want to stick to six meals a day, you still should be doing a 24-hour, 36-hour, 48-hour fast every now and then to give the, the gut a break. Because it's amazing how we keep throwing food at our gut in, in the American lifestyle. And we wonder why most Americans are deficient in minerals. 80% are deficient in minerals for that reason. Yeah, my GI doctor, uh, he didn't even give me any recommendations like this to help my gut. He was just like, here's your uh, biologic no. medicine. And but, but here, here, here's, a, here's a funny thing. I dated a nurse, and all the doctors she works with do fasting. But they don't recommend it to their patients. Because no. why? There's no money in it. And that's not what right. they're taught in medical school, you see? So 
how can you make money telling people not to eat? It doesn't even make any sense. So of course they're not going to say that, but they all do it themselves. The smart ones I do. Selling I stopped selling stimulants or, or any kind of appetite suppressants through my brand when, when I took up um, fasting myself because I just found a, a better way to keep hunger down, a better way to just you know, do something long-term that is really gonna work. And I just, I tell everybody, you don't need to take any diet aids. If you're, if you want to get below 12%, 10%, yeah, throw a little something on top, but just fasting, dude, it'll hunger that, that stuff, that, that feeling that you think is hunger. It's really not as, is withdrawal symptoms from sugars. You know, you shouldn't be hungry and, and feeling like you're lightheaded and, and, you know, you having a, an episode cause you, ha you haven't eaten in three, four hours when you've got ready energy stored on your gut stored under your chin stored in all these places. You know, this is this, fat is energy and it's already in your body. So you shouldn't feel hungry every three, four hours. It's not, it's not natural. It's not normal. It's just an addiction. So, um, you know, giving up the addiction is number one, man. All right. Do you have any other questions, bro? It was, it was great having you on. Any other questions for us? No, but I'm sure I'll have some in the future. All right. Well, maybe we'll... Oh, I was just saying, I think this gives me uh, plenty of information to, to give, you know, to get me by a while. And like I said, I'm always listen to podcasts coming up with new questions. So I'm sure I'll have some, some more going forward. We'll follow you. How about this? Let, let's uh, talk to Steve. We'll follow you up again in exactly five weeks. Um, okay. How long you tell us what changes you've made, how things are going. Are you going to have another uh, blood test between now and then? I have to see when I go back to see my doctor. I do it every six months. So it's usually around January and July. Or June. So yeah, probably. Yeah, actually, I probably will. Okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll follow you up again. Let's have another call in five weeks and you tell us what, what you've done and how you're doing. So I probably should wait on this after I get that blood test done. I'm sorry. Wait, wait, on the wait. cycle. The cycle, the, the test in the queue. That's a good, I, that's a good question. What do you think, Steve? Look, over the long term, it's not going to matter if you run the cycle or not. You see what I'm saying? But, like, you got to look at, like, the year-over-year games, two, over two years, over three years, over five years. Like, just running this cycle for 10, 12 weeks, you know, black, doing this a little blast here is not going to be the long-term solution. So you can do it or you can't do it. It's, it's really up to you. But I would, get oh, your body no, I, I would get your body fat down first to, you know, at least 16 17%. And then, you know, you'd be more flexible for running steroids because you're a big guy. You're not some skinny little 180 pound, 200 pound guy. You're a 300 pound guy. You're a big guy. You're six, six. So you have a different body structure. So you got to factor that in too. So for someone like you, I'd at least get it down under 18, under 17% and then worry about it. That's what I would do. But ultimately it's up to you, but eat, whatever you do, we'll still have you on in five weeks and you kind of tell us how things went. How about that? I tell you my little opinion on it too, uh, uh, just just so you know. Now, what came back in your blood work? None of the markers for kidney disease or, or liver issues, or you know cholesterol or any of those immediate things where I would really say like, bro, you can't, you got you can't do it. It's your prolactin, and we don't we don't know. So I I'm not as scared of a high prolactin test, like especially your ranges, as I would be if it was something else like, you know, liver values or, or issues with your kidneys and so on. So yeah, maybe give four or five weeks of, of um, you know, cleaner diet, getting the body fat lower. I do agree with that. I think if there was a good reason to delay your cycle, it might be to just get your body fat level a little bit lower before you, before you hit the sauce, in my opinion. Oh, well, um, actually, I was talking about like, if I started this, my test levels are through the roof, he might lower my, you know, my TRT dose is what I was getting at. Cause if I might be getting blood work done in about a month with my TRT doctor. Oh, so you, you should he's, he, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go I ahead. see an endocrinologist. I see an endocrinologist. So he's the one that's prescribing my TRT. Oh, okay. Okay. I would say wait it out, bro. I'd say let's do four, four or five weeks, adjust diet and, and let's wait it out and, and see and try to, Push him to get another test in the next. When was the last, your last test again? It was in April, correct? Uh, that was just for um, some other tests I had asked to be done. And just for that particular test, my full range of tests was done in January. So when I go back to see him, uh, I believe it's in July, I can ask for all those tests to be ran again. He'll do it for me. 
but what I was just saying, if I started my, if I have my testosterone, it's going to show it through the roof on that test. And he's going to look at it and wonder why it's through the roof. Um, yeah, yeah, true to that. Yeah, if you're going to run any kind of cycle, you, you want to do it in between tests because he'll, he'll take right. you off with your teeth if he sees your, your, yeah, your for sure. Give, give it a good six yeah, weeks. Give it a good six weeks um, as your last injection before you get your test and then go back to your regular TRT dose and then you'll be in the clear. A good six, seven weeks would be enough time. So, yeah, don't run your cycle a few weeks before you got to go to the doctor, obviously. So, you got to kind of, you got to work on that. You got to work on the timing of that. Yeah. Yeah. Would, would EQ throw any red flags up? No, mm -mm, it will not. So I could probably uh, that, go ahead and start that soon and then let yeah. that build up. And then after my blood test up to test those. Yeah. Certain steroids like DECA will actually interfere with your testosterone levels, believe it or not. It'll actually spike your testosterone levels. We've seen that. Uh, Trenbolone huh. will actually spike estrogen levels. Uh, because the metabolites show up as estrogen and blood work. So some steroids do yeah. affect blood work um, and some don't. But EQ doesn't really – the only thing with EQ is the RBC. Your RBC, your red blood cell counts would be elevated, um, which is the case in, in any steroids when you're running too much of it. So um, the doctor may red flag that. That's the only thing. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate all the advice, guys. Hey, no problem, man. So uh, we'll talk to you again in a, in a month and change. Set it up with Steve. Okay, man. great. Thank you. Know. you. All right, no buddy. buddy. Take care. All right, you too. Bye. All right, bye. All right, guys. Yeah, we appreciate Tiny Giant for that great call, guys. So really, that's what this podcast is all about, guys. We're, we're trying to help um, spread the information um, it's all about in fitness. It's all about sharing information, guys. We're, we're all human. We're all brothers and sisters in this and we all trying to help each other. Right, Rick? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, this is going to be the, the way that we're going to run the podcast. Hopefully from here on out is we're going to get just regular folks on that have real questions about their whole situation. We're going to take time with everybody so we can discuss your whole uh, thing. And, uh, it's nice to have personalities on and people that are doing books and, and, all kinds of stuff, you know, the, these doctors. It's nice to have them on, but I, I like to talk to just the people. I like to know what, what guys want, what questions are out there. And we all kind of have some of, the, some of the same questions, some of the same challenges. So it's just great. It, it, guys, contact Steve. We'd love to have you. So hit me up on the forum, Steve SMI. And on behalf of me, myself, and Rick, we appreciate you for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Hey, have a great, great week, guys. Have a great week, Steve. All right, you too, buddy. All right. Podcast, it's free. And you're anonymous and you can, you know, you don't have to use your real name or anything. And it's a great opportunity to get some great advice.